0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. my name is John, that's Ian.
1: I am drinking a delicious eggnog right now. But it's not really eggnog, it's almond milk eggnog?
0: If it doesn't have egg in it, can it be counted as It's
1: holiday. They call it holiday nog.
0: You mean they don't call it thing from Crap Shot number something or other?
1: No, they just call it holiday nog and it's actually kind of good. It's from the people oh. who make like that almond milk uh, cold brew stuff. Pretty good. I wouldn't know what that tastes like because I'm
0: allergic to almonds.
1: Yeah, that kind of stinks for you, but (laughs) if if you're lactose intolerant, it's good.
0: I'm just drinking it because it
1: tastes good and it's lower calorie than actual eggnog. So Uh, eh.
0: there you go. Anyways, today is November 27th, closing out the month of November here uh, with episode 105 by Garfield's Hammer.
1: What a savings. I mean, what a banning.
0: (laughs) There you go. Um, So we're going to talk about uh, the BNR announcement that came out on Monday. Uh, And then we're going to do a little bit of a uh, speculative exercise uh, moving forward with that. Um, But before we do that, we have a couple things we want to talk about. Uh, First and foremost, I think this is the the big news that came out on Monday, aside from the BNR announcement, which was the article posted by Mike Linneman on CoolStuffInc.com yesterday. Uh, Ian, what was that all about? So,
1: yeah, this kind of shook (laughs) – Mike was like, this is going to be a crazy day. Hold on. And shook the – shook, I guess, the G, the not-quite-grinder side of gp slash Magic Fest fans everywhere with um, kind of calling back to a four-year-old article he said called Artists at the Grand Prix and their future, talking about collaboration between the artists and wizards or whoever the tournament runners are going to be. And a quote of his from then kind of calls out where we're at today. So many artists, especially the established ones, will boycott Grand Prix events. It's inevitable. Well, we're here. <laughs> so there is a massive list, and I will read them out in a second of the artists that have signed their names to this. There are now granted, there are some artists that actually have said, "Hey, look, I actually do pretty good at them. And you know what? Like the other artist said, if you can succeed at that to that artist, go for it. However, the gist of it is is that everyone loves art and the way that they used to be treated and handled at a Grand Prix, Uh, They listed out some of the services they could expect. Paid flights their hotel paid for. They had a break room. There was a place to store their gear that was like a secure or locked storage place. Free large tables at the event. There was a Thursday dinner with organizers. Like The event staff would have like a Sunday little group event with the artists. And apparently nowadays, all they get is a smaller table arrangement. Um, They have the option to get a larger table, but it's apparently an expensive upgrade. And they have, I guess hotel uh blocks kind of like the players do but they're limited and unclear if some events have them and others don't and that's it they don't really get any perks anymore they have to pay for most of their stuff and a lot of them take a huge hit um what a lot of them have said is actually they're barely breaking even if that and they mostly have been going to these events because the fans are there and it's a great way to reach out with the fans and kind of help increase you know, the enthusiastic guests. However, they have been treated more as vendors as opposed to actual guests. Even though they're kind of advertised as guests. Um, with just ba- even basically today after this event article came out. So on Tuesday, after all this happened yesterday. Channel Fireball, I guess was a scheduled tweet or something. Talked about getting one of the artists at uh what's it called? Grand Prix Portland's like, hey, come have your uh
0: Lab Maniac. Yeah, your
1: lab like maniac signed here at GP Portland. And everyone's like, Ooh,
0: that's a, uh it's a little bit PR of, faux pas for uh November.
1: Yeah, it's like, ooh, timing.
0: Kinda bad. Now, and now the CFB's credit, they did actually put out a fairly quick response that they yeah. posted to the subreddit. Moshi Moshi
1: put it yeah. out. Uh
0: um, but the thing is that Mashi didn't really acknowledge any of the concerns because they basically said that we're going to keep offering the artists what we've been offering. But the issue isn't that what that they, that you're you know pulling back on what you have been offering is that what you are offering is inadequate.
1: Yeah, what they're offering right now is below the floor of what should yeah. be happening.
0: It's like you get a table, but if you want more tables, you have to pay for them. And and the real so,
1: dis- and the real discussion that kind of came out of this is. What are Grand Prix slash Magic Fests going to be? We don't quite have that answer. Like, they want it to be a large-scale tournament, okay? But at the same time, you have the people who aren't there to grind all the tournaments. You have the people who are there to play Casual Commander, the people who are there for the artists, the people who are there to see the booths, the people who are there just to see the, their friends and hang out, the people who are there to see the cosplayers and the artists and all that other stuff that's ancillary. <clears throat> to just the Grand Prix itself. They don't know that they want it to, they want some of these events like Vegas, which are obviously like a mini magic convention. That's cool. They can't pull that off every time. However, you can't set a bar there and then have the drop off to say a tiny little limited GP in Europe be such a wide gap that it's just not feasible to have the same kind of quality standard between the two.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes there um, because, you know, the price for a main event for a GP has gone up and up and up. And yet the every, everything that's around that has gone down. Like now you have to pay to get the playmat. Now you have to, you know, it's, it's just not a good look when you have these prices going up, but you have nothing to show for it otherwise.
1: Yeah. And, um, you, and, even, and now
0: no. I will say, you know, event space ain't cheap.
1: Oh, no. I, I fully. I'm aware that event space isn't cheap, and I hope our listeners are aware that event space isn't cheap. And there's also before, back when you know everyone's like, oh, well, this is you know, hey, look, we had like forty or fifty dollar grand Prix that gave us the playman, and the promo, and all this stuff. Well, they also didn't have to pay judges either. The judge yeah. thing has also added a nice new wrinkle to everything. Yeah. So,
0: and then the other big discussion with this is that a lot of people are saying, well, don't increase the GP entry fees to do to you know pay for the artists and. I don't think anybody is actually advocating for that. There's a lot of people like myself who I've said multiple times on Twitter uh, just yesterday and earlier today that I'm willing to pay a $10 entry fee, get it like a a attendee badge or whatever. And then, you know, everyone who walks in has to pay that $10 for it. And then the people are, who are in the main event, they have that already included in their GP entry fee.
1: Yeah, um, kind of. And also one thing is, People, oh, maybe I can go, go toward more security, but the problem is a lot of security for a lot of events is kind of se- like security theater. Um, I'm probably going to have a pretty good report on something like that to talk about next week because this week I'm going to PAX Unplugged. And guess hey. what they have this year? Actual, uh, like this has never been a thing at PAX, at least in, uh, PAX West that I've been to or PAX South But they're going to have. Metal detectors at PAX Unplugged. They have mentioned that if you if you bring a bag, your bag is going to get searched, and you're going to have to go through metal detectors. And the lines are going to be basically starting outside in Philadelphia, and the web is supposed in to be the tw- in the into winter time, and f- it's supposed to be between 45 and 60 degrees and raining on Saturday. Yeah. So this like, is going to be of- unpleasant to say the least, and this is something they have to factor in for GPs and Magic Fest, or Magic Fest, however they do it in the future. But,
0: yeah, my point of comparison was uh, based off Pokemon Worlds that was here in town uh, a couple months ago, and they had a $10 Spectator badge that you had to buy in order to even go in, and they had security lined up outside that would check your bags before you walked in, uh, and then once you were inside, you know, you're in. Um, And I was at GP Atlanta at the beginning of the month, and there was one person watching each door, And then there was, like, a a uniformed uh, off-duty police officer who was walking the floor, but that was the only security that was there. No one was checking bags. No one was, you know, checking to see, you know, if if you're supposed to be here or not. And I think that while, yes, security is expensive and everything else that is uh, ancillary to that, like having to pay for the vendors to be there from the convention center and all that fun stuff, you know, that's – it's not cheap. No. And, like, there's a reason why there hasn't been a major event in Nashville, aside from the Pro Tour, because convention space here is very expensive.
1: Yeah, um, I, I bet. Like, some there's some reason, like, oh, why isn't it in my town? It's like, have you figured out that there's no real good convention center nearby you? Like, there's uh, the, there's like, a reason. There's a reason. the fact that Nashville. Yeah, you well, know, there's the reason that, like, was it two years ago? Not this past one. We actually had GP Seattle at the Washington Convention Center in downtown. It was the one before that, that everyone's like, oh, it's GP Seattle Tacoma. And it was in downtown Tacoma, which is literally 40 minutes away from Seattle. So they were trying to say Seattle Tacoma. And everyone's was like, no, this is just GP Tacoma. Yeah. And they took uh, the blowback from that to make that nice double GP weekend in actual downtown Seattle. But yeah, so, so it's a very complicated subject. We could probably talk an entire episode about, but we're not going to.
0: Yeah, we're not as well-versed, and there are definitely people who are more well-versed in it, such as, you know, Mike, um, and then several people who are, like, in CFB events or whatever Honestly, you you could talk to. Honestly,
1: I would love to maybe reach out to some of those people and be like, hey, come on the show, let's talk about this. So we might might look into that for probably after the new year.
0: Probably after the new year. Because
1: that'll give some time for this to settle down and all that kind of stuff, too. But the artists that are on this, by the way, are Steve Belladin, Johan Bowden, Paul Scott Canvin, Jonas DeRoe, Nils Ham, Suzanne Helmig, Lake Hurwitz, Izzy, Tamaj Didruzik. Sorry if I'm butchering some of these names, by the way. Titus Lunter. er, Lunter. Uh, Oh, also another thing, too. Titus brings him up. Some of these artists can't even get into the US right now. (laughs) They're with the whole uh, art push thing. They're technically barred from entry for another year and a half. So... You're never going to see Titus yeah. in the U.S., which stinks. Um, yeah. Ben Meyer, Mitch Malloway, Slower Maniac, Winona Nelson, Jason Rainville, Shreya Shetty, Chase Stone, Randy Vargas, Fetland Velanov, Lars Grant West, Jim yeah. Nelson, Chris Seaman, Ryan Pancost, Jim Pavlik, Bastian to harm <clears throat> Dave Kendall, Darkin, Joe Slugard, Doug Alexander, Gregory, and David Palumbo. Some pretty good artists, and I think there was a stat... And even then, one of the artists, like I think Titus even said it was parsed wrong when they did the pull off of, oh what's it called? Um, oh, man. Scryfall. It was Scryfall they did a, oh. the pull off of because they could just plug all the names into it. Gotcha. They were saying that we would basically lose more than an entire currently legal standards worth of cards from all of these artists. So everything that's legal and standard right now, like it's like 1600 cards. We have more than that. Just in those artists alone. Yeah. Huge chunk of the game. So it's it's pretty important. And hopefully yeah. something is done about it and that people are talking. So we'll see. We'll see. But on to the main Anyways. topic, which I kind of jacked the title up, but
0: what a banning.
1: There was yeah. nothing banned.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No. The changes to all the
0: formats are there are no changes.
1: Yeah. No unbannings. No bannings. Uh,
0: Long live Gush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my my, (laughs) our one comment on this is now Ultimate Masters comes out next week. So even after, it won't be out for next week's recording, but it'll be that week. It's December 7th, I think it is. Yeah. December 7th, uh, that Friday. It's going to introduce Fire and Ice and uh, Foil foil into the format, which could probably superpower some of the Delver decks. Funnily enough, Delver decks are even issuing Delver right now, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, even the mono blue Delver decks just aren't playing Delver right now because there's they're just they're bringing in their cyborg cards in the main with like Stormbound Geist. It's kinda of weird. Yeah. But they're still spell based blue decks. So we'll see what happens with this in the future. I honestly expect there to some there to be some change once uh we have the next BNR announcement.
0: Yeah. CK uh Car announced the latest uh Rikes to Riches. Is that taking place after Ultimate Master's print uh, release? Uh that
1: is this weekend.
0: Okay, so it's not gonna be out.
1: Correct. Again. Yeah. Uh UMA has not affected the format yet.
0: Okay. Now, that said, there were no changes in any format, which is great for me because I don't want to have to deal with the banning before an RPTQ. <laughs> that's modern.
1: Honestly, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that's why nothing got hit in modern for sure, is that yeah. RPTQ's and C- P- RPTQ season. Wow. RPTQ season there we go. Said it before, but anyway, that season coming up, people have already been testing and to ban out a deck from under them. That yeah, with like ulti- two weeks to test the ultimate feels bad.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Not said there is another announcement in January, which is closer to Ravnica Allegiance's ali- release, which is also going to be closer to a Pro Tour, and we'll see how if that if they decide to change anything. Ooh, up there. that
1: is for a Modern Pro Tour, isn't it?
0: We well, we don't know yet. Oh, we, right, they haven't
1: announced it yet.
0: Which is they
1: haven't announced it yet. <laughs> oh, my God, we assume
0: it's Modern, but we'll see. Oh um, boy. Now that said, um there was uh, what else was there um I had another thought and then it just vanished whatever anyways, but since there were no changes we wanted to do this as an exercise we mentioned this a couple weeks ago and I think this was this is a good time to bring it out which is what would be a card that you would ban from a, a deck in modern just to kill that deck now, now you can also get some splash damage on other decks depending on what cards you wanted to remove
1: yeah this that um, that, was, that was my big caveat to ask John I'm like hey John am I just trying to kill this deck or is there a card that if I ban it from this deck, it will hit other cards? And there are cards that are, you know, wrinkle, of, wrinkle down effects for this one. But yeah, yeah. We'll, but we'll actually card, hit we'll actually hit one or two of them.
0: Yeah, So, but this is just something that, you know, we thought of. And um, we're going to start with the deck that I think I'm going to play the most. Uh, or I expect to see the most of uh, come the uh, RPTQ. Because I know exactly two people, at least, who are playing the deck. <laughs> and it, that's Bant Spirits. It's a good deck. Bant Spirits is a good deck. Uh, another one of my friends, he, uh, it was Doug, he said, you know, Bant Spirits has the Jund problem, where you can have good matchups against it, but you can't sideboard against it very ac- ad- adequately because it's just a good stuff deck. And in this case, it's a good stuff tribal deck. And it's just, it's really hard to, it's really hard to defeat this deck because it just, it provides disruption at the same time as providing its clock.
1: Yeah, um, that, that is, is, yeah, that's the one thing you want to look at with Why these majority creature-based decks have to have some sort of interaction with the other creatures in this deck. We're going to cover two other tribal decks, in particular uh, Humans and Merfolk, specifically because they interact with their own creatures by giving boosts to their own things or interact synergistically-wise within itself.
0: Yeah, but for Bant Spirits, um, when we first did the episode, uh, I mentioned Cavernous Souls. But then um, one, another local player who also does podcast Mason Clark, um, he's on Even Odds. Um, he's part of the Constructed Criticism Network. Uh, he said that many of the Bant Spirits decks are cutting Cavern so that they can more easily cast their sideboard cards like Stony Silence, Rest in Peace. Which is why the card that I would ban if I wanted to ban Bant Spirits out would be Spellqueller. Yeah. Because Spellqueller is just so good.
1: Yeah, you mentioned this, right? So looking at a bunch of these deck lists and stuff like that with specific paying specific attention to held the seventh place deck at sc at the scg modern classic in vegas there is no uh cavern of souls there's no cavern there's no literally no cavern of souls in this band spirits deck that won seventh place at a modern classic
0: yeah because your matchup against control is already good
1: (laughs) yeah like and every other deck that i've been clicking through for this one cavern of souls that's it period you're not leaning on cavern of souls with this deck which is fine I, John said spell colors because, I mean, to be fair, Spellcaller was probably like my 1B, but I went for skull Captain just because Hexproof is a heck of a mechanic. And by yeah, heck, I mean, is. oh, heck of a mechanic. And it gives, it has the Lord effect. Uh, it's a 1, white, and blue, 2, 2, flyer, spirit soldier, other spirit creatures you control, get plus 1, plus 1, and Hexproof. So, yeah. If you have a Drogskull Captain and then pop down another one or just happen to have a Phantasmal Image, which also is played in this deck, you're going to copy your Drogskull Captain and surprise, now all of your creatures have Hexproof and they're at a Bolt range. You need at least an Anger of the Gods and that just kills your Drogskull Captains, when, you know then the effects fall off and then they die, you know, damage. What is it?
0: But even then, like, what's, if they have a subtle Spirit, oops, they sacrifice it and they're indestructible. Yeah,
1: what is the whole thing? Like, damage doesn't, oh. Bolt doesn't kill creatures, state-based effects. Do? effects do state base effects kill creatures, yeah. Yeah. So state base effects would kill them eventually if you, you know, happen to kill uh, you know, anger the gods into those three. But yeah, ugh. yeah Droxtail yeah. Captain specifically because of the whole like granted spell queller, the whole, oh god, you got my four mana spell, do you freaking do, let me kill it and I'll get it back. Whatever. Drawstall captain is just annoying.
0: I always forget the spell queller just exiles any spell because I was play I was play I was doing a playtesting match and then I go, cast my brawl, and they go spell queller your brawl and I'm like Oh hell, that does that too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not oh, non. No. It's not non-creature spell. It's just spell. Period. Yeah.
0: Buckballer is a very good card.
1: Speaking of Brawl,
0: yeah, I put so I put R two decks next just so that we can get them out of the way. Uh, for Storm, the card that I would ban if I wanted to neuter Storm but not kill it would probably be uh, Brawl.
1: Yes, but absolutely, I agree. Like this is so. I'll say this right now: John and I are going to agree on a lot of these, and I won't lie; I was kind of contrary on some of them just because i didn't want to have an entire episode of yep i agree but yeah, there are i do, there are some that i'm like no no no, this one needs to happen instead yeah but, brawl is if a you w- brawl this deck is a strong agree
0: uh however i think the card that actually if you wanted if you just wanted to kill storm you just bang grape shot yeah
1: because if you do that what do you have left empty the warrants
0: uh empty the warrants is the only way you can win the game there's because the only other storm cards in modern um are there's a destroy target land there's target creature without flying can't block uh, there's creatures you control get plus one plus oh, and that one has buyback too, which is actually hilarious. Uh, and I think that's it.
1: Yeah. So you're you're
0: oh ignite memories, but ignite memories is bad.
1: Yeah, that's the one that people were playing the sideboard and you were like, why? Whatever. No, you don't play ignite. Memories. I played it. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grape shot. Just if you want to nuke it, like we'll, we'll call it the nuclear option. So if you want to go nuclear yeah. on it, grape shot. If you want it, if you want to just hobble it, brawl.
0: Yeah. Next. We're gonna to go to Infect, Ian. What would you ban from Infect?
1: So I was torn between two cards, and I guess I'll go with the, the Hobble of the Deck. I'll say Noble Hierarch, namely because you're looking at acceleration to cast more of your spells, plus also it's part of the you know Infect mantra uh, of on the play elf on the draw Hierarch. Always go for it. Got it. just the fact that it has the uh, that you you can stack all of its uh, exalted triggers. If you get, if you start flooding out noble hierarchy, the beatdown plan with hierarchy is a thing, and you just get exalted triggers off of it. If you have like three of them out there, that's like plus three, plus three on its own. Plus the acceleration, and it gives it's a bolt the bird, so it's also protection in a way. Weirdly, like you have to deal with it. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to like peck away at you. But I said the nuclear option is Glistener Elf. Just, it straight up takes away the turn one kill. Yeah. I'm not turn one, turn two. It. it takes away the I turn two spend- kill.
0: I was just playing Glistener Elf because um, with decks like Storm and Infect, when you look at their creature base, their creature base is crafted in, in a very specific way. Now, the creature base in Infect is almost always going to be 4 Noble, 4 Glistener Elf, 4 Blighted Agent, and then they may main deck some number of Spellskite depending on what they're expecting, you know, for the turn. Yeah, you'll
1: flex a spell or two. You'll probably, for a while, we were flexing back in Mirror. Yeah. Um,
0: and then, even then, your only other Infect threat is like Inkmoth Nexus. But, like, if you ban Glistener Elf, you you remove the turn two kill possibility, and I think the deck just becomes a lot weaker, because it loses a whole bunch of its velocity.
1: Yeah, at that point, all right, so I would say that if you ban Glistener Elf from this deck, Infect, Green Blue Infect is dead. Just period, end of sentence, Green Blue Infect is dead. People would automatically switch over to uh, Green Black, and it becomes a mid-range Golgari Infect, which is... Like the people in the game podcast like to say, just a worse version of a deck that already exists. So, yeah, there's really no reason to play green-black, in fact, if blue-black is not a... Th- or blue-green blue, blue green isn't a thing. So, yeah, nuking the deck would just be noble... or not noble-hark, um... Glistener Elf. Just yep. pop it out of there. Yeah.
0: Uh, next on our list, we have uh, the uh, the matnass special Kruk-Clan Ironworks. On this, we agree. Just ban Clark clan Ironworks. Yeah,
1: so one of my... And you'll you'll notice a thing, a kind of a theme with some of the the name of the deck is the name of a card, kind of thing. We basically pick the card that the deck is named after because if you do that, you're probably killing the deck. You could make an argument for uh, so to hobble the deck, scrap trawler, yeah, because that creates the cycle loops easier. Uh, that really kind of once people stumbled upon that, kind of gave it the shot in the arm with how the stack works was scrap trawler but just to kill the whole eggs component completely just get rid of the deck get rid of the card that gives you the mana advantage in quark clan ironworks yeah you can't loop it if you can't make mana
0: that or you ban the totally unbannable card of pyrite spellbomb
1: yeah that's just a no no (laughs) Uh, they'll they'll find another way to loop it yeah well, but next up, the deck that everyone loves—the deck that everyone loves to hate on—is a meme. Even though, seriously, though, side note, just stop with that, please. It actually listen. Makes we people know feel bad. you
0: don't like getting carded on turn three. We get it.
1: I'll admit that we I've done it in the it. past too, but I've tried to wheel it back after I feel people. I see people like, hey, this is my kid built Tron because they liked it, and I'm like, I'm not gonna hate on that too much. I mean, I always, yeah. I always kind of interject, I'm like, are you talking about Modern Tron or are you talking about Popper Tron? Because I play Popper Tron, <laughs> and I'm like. It's a it's a control deck there. It's like mono blue tron. Everyone points and laughs at it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's the
1: tron you can laugh at. Just be like, "Why are you playing blue tron? Come on, man." That's like so like 8 years ago.
0: Yeah, that yeah.
1: Anyway, wow. this deck, yeah. um Tron, John Sitter's tower. Yeah. I sitter's is mine because I'm like, "Why do you guys always target my tower, man?" <laughs> or I would say ancient stirrings. Yeah, because Ancient, Ancient Stirrings
0: has a lot of splash damage Ancient Stirrings so. if, if I
1: wanted to get do massive splash damage to the format Ancient Stirrings is going to be something In a lot of decks to play that I would get rid of Because it's It's insane So for those of you who don't know off the top of your head What it does Ancient Stirrings is a green mana sorcery So it's one mana sorcery Look at the top five cards of your library You may reveal a colorless card among them And put it into your hand Then put the rest of the bottom of your library in any order Yes, cards with no color, ma- cards with no colored mana, and their mana costs are colorless. Lands are also colorless. So you basically can look at the top five cards of your library for any tromp piece, or Karn, or Ugin, or Ulamog, or Wormcoil, or Walking Ballista, or Worldbreaker, or Oblivion Stone, or it's it's basically every card in the deck except Sylvan Scrying and Ancient Scribing. That card hits yeah. it. You literally, get, in, you literally get you literally get to dig five, kci you dig five cards deep for whatever card you want from your deck with the exception of one particular thing that's probably getting sideboard out in some matchups yeah i'm not even talking about the sideboard either yeah it's nuts
0: yeah i mean ancient Stirrings, it would also probably effectively kill kci it would make it a lot slower um and then there's a bunch of other other decks as well that you would just fall by the wayside too like Back when Bant Eldrazi was a deck, Ancient Stories was a major part of that as well, because you can find your lands, you can find your Eldrazi.
1: This is, uh, I know we're going to talk about in a bit, but Lantern? I think Lantern plays it. Lantern plays it too, yeah. yeah. It, it would hit a lot of decks. But, yeah. on to the quote-unquote most expensive deck that you're not going to win a tournament with.
0: <laughs> if you want to play fair, you play the Reed Duke special. You, want- you play Jund... Golgari X whatever you want to call
1: it. Yeah, if you want to if you want to play a mid-range deck in a format that if you want to play an interactive deck in a format that basically says go linear or go home.
0: Yeah, just play Jund.
1: Yeah, play Jund. So John, what would you take out of this one?
0: Uh I would take out Thoughtseize. Why? Um, it was really hard cuz there's no cards that are obviously bannable except for if you're looking at Jund Bloodbraid Elf cuz that card was banned at one point. Um but I, th- I think that Thoughtseize is the card that really keeps – that really stitches it together. Like you can't ban Assassin's Trophy. You can't ba- – I don't think you could ban Liliana. You can't ban you know Bob, I don't think. So I think Thoughtseize is the, is the card but that while having massive repercussions for the entirety of the format, I, don- I don't think that you can actually ban Thoughtseize without seriously messing up Modern. I think that that would be the card that I would ban if I wanted to hurt Jund the most. So
1: I would agree with you, except for the fact that... So while we we're preparing this list, I what I would do is I would look on MTG Goldfish, and also I would pull MTG Top 8 up, and I would dig through a couple of like random samples from the last like couple deck list dumps that have come out that are on there. Just pick deck at random from the list and see, okay, how many of X card is in the deck. Thoughtsees is only a two of in about ninety percent of the lists I pulled. It's a three of in the rest of them. I don't think that taking out a two or a two of or a three of in a deck is really going to hurt it too much. So that's That's fair. That I mean, I'm telling you why my but I would agree that if you took Dotsies out, it would hit Jund. It would hit Mardu Pyromancer. It would hit Death Shadow. It would hit a lot of decks in the format that play black. Basically, if you're playing black, you're playing black for Thoughtsees. Period. Yep. Like, if you're playing Black mm-hmm. and not playing Thoughtseize, you kind of got to look at yourself like, what am I doing? Like, that's yeah. why you're playing Black and Modern is Thoughtseize Inquisition Package. Yeah. Like, am I wrong? Yeah. Okay, so that's why I said, if you're looking at Jun specifically, this is coming from my experience playing against the deck. Liliana of the Veil is the most annoying card in that deck. Sure. Um, Namely, just because of the sheer versatility of her of you know each player discards a card but obviously they're going to be sculpting their own hand to be like okay i have a dead card against this matchup it's going to go away because it's a mid-range do everything deck if they realize somebody's not good against your deck they're just going to discard that card and then or they can just if you happen to have a woman one creature down on turn two boop now you gotta sack it you're gone yeah um they can stall you out kill your stuff push your thing and then all of a sudden all you have left is one creature and a, an unchecked Lily, the Liliana of the Veil, vale is really hard to fight against.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, that's why I said Lily goes. I mean, even Tarmagoyf can be dealt with these days, and that's the, eh, whatever. Yeah. I could for, and that's just for Jund specifically. I think in Golgari mid range, because they actually shave a couple copies of Liliana the Liliana of the vale. Veil. They do bring in Liliana of the Last Hope, which if you got rid of Liliana of the Veil, vale, other three mana Lily would absolutely jump into that spot. Snap right away. Yeah,
0: she's not as good. But oh no, no, she no. Does
1: she does different things, but is still good. But yes. is nowhere near the power level of what of the no. Veil does. No. So no. for Golgari mid range, it is a mid range grind you out deck. What helps you grind out decks? Card advantage. What gives you card advantage? Bob. Bob goes. Yeah. Bob just has yeah. to. Yeah, it's hitting yourself, but you have scavenging news to make up some of the life difference on that. Dark Confidant. Yeah. If you get one or two of those out. You're gonna just gonna grind out card advantage that is almost that green black just shouldn't have in terms of that kind of thing. So if you're looking for like what the color pie should do, yes, it's gonna hurt you. Yes, that's what black does, but it also helps you grind the games out. You can make an argument for tireless tracker, but they're not super played a whole lot because that also gives you card advantage just for playing your lands. But Bob, you don't have to jump through hoops to get the stuff where you have to actually pay to crack the clues.
0: Yeah. So I, I agree with your logic though but. I'm just
1: saying that's where I came from with it So,
0: yeah. Next, blue-white X-Control, usually blue-white or Jeskai uh, I went out on a limb on this one because obviously Jace or Teferi are going to be the hot picks but I would ban Celestial Colonnade Fair I would make them play an actual win condition
1: <laughs> that's not a land <laughs> I mean you're not wrong You're really not wrong there Yeah, let make them play
0: an actual mana base And make them, you know, actually come up Play something that can
1: kill me That's not Jace or Teferi Now, to be fair, I think it was better for us to talk Just about kind of almost Azorius control in this case Or blue Eye control Just because Jeskai is really only hitting Lightning Helix and Lightning Bolt And making their mana base worse Yeah I mean, they sometimes hit Wear and Tear and Is It Staticaster But literally they're making their mana base worse for like two cards. So we'll talk about Blue Eye Control because that also plays Terminus, which I hate with a passion. (laughs) But that's not the card I would take out of it. And again, I'm kind of contradicting myself with this one because the whole reason I said Thoughtseize, it's only a two or three of. This card I'm talking about is usually only a three of, maybe a four of, but it's Cryptic Command. Yeah. It's one of their biggest ways to turn a game on its head. The the turn where your opponent can cryptic command, tap down the team, draw a card, or counter a key spell, draw a card, it, or, you know, just any of the four modes that it has in concert it with slices, each other. It slices,
0: it dices, it julienne fries, yeah. it does everything. Yeah,
1: if you go to fairy, untap, and then have cryptic command waiting, you don't lose that game. If you lose that game, you just probably drew lands for five turns after yeah. that. It's insanely hard to lose a game where you can get a cryptic command off and then keep going with it yeah.
0: the only other card i would consider aside from these three cards that we mentioned and jace would be search for his kanta
1: yeah it's, but i don't it, think
0: search is banned i all. don't think it it's also is, only like a two yeah
1: it's a, it's a very minor um number which again is so that was one of the i guess when i was looking at this i was looking at things that are in my past experience playing against a deck where if x happened or x card was played Everything that happened after that card completely changes. Cryptic is that card for me in that deck. Um, Sure, sure. Again, also, I hate Terminus. That's like my backup. I would also probably say Teferi, but that's only a two of. Um, Teferi is just... Teferi put or gave Blue-Eye Control a shot in the arm. Teferi and Jace hitting the format at the same time, essentially, brought Terminus back in a modern. And it was like, what? Come on. So.
0: Yeah. It's a little crazy. Yeah. Next, everyone's favorite budget deck, Burn. Yep. Uh, sometimes budget, sometimes not.
1: I mean, if you're playing um, the Fetchland version with, for the white, yeah, it's going to cost you some money. Yeah. Um, what would you ban out of Burn? So I, I, I will say this in advance. I definitely probably understand your logic, why you picked your card. But me, good old turn one mountain goblin guide swing. Goblin yeah. guide. It's, yeah. It's such a clock with this deck. If you can just go turn one goblin guide you're going to like not it gives red decks card knowledge of the top of your opponent's deck if it's not a land. Like that's nuts.
0: I mean they still do, like even if they draw a land, you know like well, you okay, know, they drew a well, scalding tar. You know a drew, land that's uh, in their
1: hand and you know one of their seven or eight cards.
0: Yeah. That's so. that's
1: like you get a peek.
0: <laughs> I mean I really don't care about that ability, that part of Goblin Guide. Uh, it's it, I mean it's one mana two two it's the best red it's the best red one drop ever printed except you know Monastery Swift Spear is slowly trying to be like but what about me
1: well the thing um, is you need to jump through hoops to get Monastery Swift Spear to get better than just a one two not that many hoops I mean though. the hoop You're playing lightning ball I mean the hoop anyways, when but... the hoop is literally casting a non creature spell okay yeah but I'm going with just the fact that it's the best two drop ever printed yeah what about you you mean one drop one drop yeah one two yeah. two yeah. Um, a for me,
0: uh, I would bet lot of the Great Rebel. It is it is so impactful for what it does, and it really puts uh, your opponents in a bind. Yes, there's some decks where it just does nothing. Yes. But on the other hand, there are some decks where it's just you, you can't win with this card in play.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Like To be fair, Modern is a very cheap CMC format. I mean, it gets even better in Legacy, but mm-hmm. Modern any dealing or shocking a player <clears throat> for any spell 3 or less that's nuts
0: yeah it's it's real crazy
1: granted it's... granted it creates a clock for the burn player too but when they're taking 2 and you're dealing 3 yeah and then if you try to play anything to deal with it you're taking another 2 you're essentially yeah. taking 5 exactly it's my the favorite thing i used to do is with some of the uh black decks was uh vampiric Mark, I think it was. Oh yeah, vampiric touch. Yeah, vampiric touch. The uh, the healing touch flipped, where basically it would heal you for two. So basically, you just put on idle on and gain life, or it makes yeah, you makes you, you life life, life neutral. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's ooh, it's a fun card. Greatest
1: counter tech, I think, for that card. Oh, but anyway, yeah. um, not much next. not much to say for burn. It's burn.
0: Yeah, it's very straightforward. Like we're not banning lightning. No,
1: it's it, You got to go for one of the creatures, honestly.
0: Next is everyone's favorite deck they love to hate. It's Dredge.
1: I think mainly just because um, of how... one. I think, honestly, a lot of the reason people hate Dredge is just because less technical Dredge players have their graveyard so disgustingly laid out that it's hard to tell what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, I will gladly uh, play against a Dredge player who does what, like, Aaron does and lays... When she lays her graveyard out on the top, it's like, this is my graveyard. Nice and neat. Yeah. But, John... Yeah, uh,
0: there, there's a lot of ways that you can... Uh, yeah, you can you can manage your Graveyard to Dredge, but the card that we both agreed on for uh, real, for real, for reals. Because I jokingly joking. I
1: jokingly said Dark Blast because it's literally the like it just I hate it <laughs> as an Infect player. It's
0: like Dark Blast, yeah, Dredge A Pack,
1: Dark Blast. I'm like I can't beat this card.
0: Yeah, uh, the cards price Amalgam. Oh yeah, like Price Amalgam is the best card in the deck that doesn't ha- that doesn't say the word Dredge on it.
1: Oh for sure because it does everything Dredge wants it to do. Um, yeah, when this was you printed, could, you could
0: honestly ban Prize Amalgam and unban Golgari Grave Troll, and I think the deck would be
1: fine. Honestly, probably. Like, I mean, con- you get conflagrate a little bit more people. The Creeping Chill has definitely been a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um. Because honestly, I think Creeping Chill with Golgari Grave Grave Troll would really stink. Because you could literally just like somehow the God the God flip would just be like here, take twelve. <laughs> just <laughs> like what? I mean, you can you can still do it with stinkweed them. Stinkweed up dredge's 5. I know, but still. It's yeah. just yeah. I yeah, Prized Amalgam is like the biggest threat. I mean, you're if they're hard casting it, you're like, "All right. All right, honey." Yeah, but have
0: they're fun. but they don't even play blue mana. Like, come on. They have
1: city breast Shh. and gemstone mine.
0: <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Moving on. Yeah. Just, uh,
1: my my my, my th- other my other my other baby in the format, Grix's Death Shadow.
0: Yeah, and I just put Death Shadow, not for necessarily for Grixis, because there's also the Jund and the four-color variants that are floating around. That is living. fair. Um, but the card that I would ban um, is a card that has been brought up before as a potential ban card, which is Street Wraith. Uh, as a reminder, Street Wraith is three black black for a three-four Swamp Walk from Future Sight, reprinted in Modern Masters and, uh, Mo- and Masters 25, and Masters 25 uh, but it has Cycling for Pay 2 Life. And... It is. It helps accelerate this deck out and be able to play early Death Shadows, yeah, quote unquote, quote unquote and,
1: free card draw that digs yeah. you deeper into a deck where you want to be hitting yourself in the face. Out. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's that's why I put Street Wraith on here. Like I'm okay with Death Shadow being a premier threat in the format. I'm okay with. Well, I'm not necessarily. I don't necessarily like it, but I'm okay with you know you being able to play a Death Shadow or a Grimag Angler and being able to do like stubborn denial shenanigans. Um, no, 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 yeah. I think the Street Wraith is too much.
1: Honestly, I have played street wraith and it's i've cast this and i'm swinging with a three four swamp walker before
0: (laughs) i mean no one likes to no i did that i did
1: against marty pyromancer it was great um no oh
0: yeah they do have a lot of yeah
1: death shadow is the card that i would if if i wanted to nuke the death shadow deck from orbit you take get rid of death shadow because at that point you're literally just dealing with a mid-range deck that is hurting itself with no payoff for hurting itself
0: well, I mean, at that point the deck would change. And, oh no, know, exactly, it would like card like deck. If, but if, if, yeah.
1: if I wanted to go nuclear on the Death Shadow decks, which people wanted to when it was the premier deck of the format, when I don't know, it, the stars aligned properly for a mid range deck to shine, it was Grix's Death Shadow and Death Shadow be the card to take out. Because yeah, I'm following my rule of take out the name of the deck card.
0: Well, this next one's gonna be real awkward because the next one's Hollow One. <laughs> And neither of us are banning Hollow One.
1: There's a reason why though. Because <laughs> yeah, the, Hollow, one, so Hollow One Hollow deck, One yeah. is a great card that, if not for this other one, might be on the chopping block. Uh maybe. So But it's Burning Inquiry I mean, because yeah. that card can die in a fire.
0: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> a burning Inquiry because it's because it's symmetrical and is both players, it can either just be, you know, triple thought seize against your opponent, or it could be him to Tura because he discard all their lands. Like Burning Inquiry is such an awkward card to play with, um, and like it doesn't even do much for the Hollow One deck either, because like they can just still play, be playing Goblin lore and they'll still do all the things they want to do. It's it just needs to go. Yeah,
1: because the the worst is when your opponent's on the he has won the coin flip and they go turn one Burning Inquiry, and you happen to keep a card with three lands, and you draw three cards that aren't lands, and then you shuffle up your deck, your hand at random, you roll your you roll your dice. And you happen to discard the only three lands in your hand, and are left with seven cards that you can't cast. And then you continue, and you proceed to brick on lands for three or four turns. And you literally just go, "Well, I scoop because I literally can't play a game of Magic because you made me shuffle away three of my lands." Yeah. That is the primary reason that Burning Inquiry should die in a fire. I've had it happen to me. Other, if you play Modern against Hollow One, you've probably had a good chance of that happening against you, and it just stinks. Yeah, it it, it, it just influences fun. just, I don't want to say the feels bad, but that's basically what it is. It insinuates horrible, just you can't play magic into the format, and that is just not what should be there.
0: I completely agree. Uh, next, Thoughts and opinions. we have the com <laughs> next we have the combination of affinity slash hardened scales because a lot of the affinity decks have kind of just folded into the hardened scales decks. yeah you don't
1: see you don't um, see it was funny i saw somebody who said i just bought my first modern deck and it was a full full bore like old affinity i'm like oh does anyone want to tell them they switched to hardened scales now
0: yeah i mean regular affinity is still good it's still a fine deck Affin-
1: affinity is kind of like death and it's like the third aspect of death and taxes it's always going to be there
0: yeah uh, but, I mean, Heart of Scales is a functionally very similar deck. It just kills a little faster. If you like math, and there you go. If, oh, yeah. If you like math, it's a fun deck. And uh, the card that we would both ban again, we both agree on this one, it's Arcbound Ravager. It's the most powerful card in the deck, Um, and it allows its most broken starts.
1: Yeah, it also not even just starts, but finishes, too, with being able to load up 10 counters on an Ink Moth Nexus. Like, yep. high infect kill with an affinity deck. Okay um it just introduces the it, it supercharges the deck and lets both of those do what it wants to do which is hit harder and stronger than what you can deal with yeah and it laughs in the face of removal because okay now all of a sudden your damage based removal just doesn't work anymore
0: yeah it's it's a very good it's card. a good
1: card like there's a reason why when it was in standard it almost ruined the game <laughs> yeah it it was a part of the affinity yeah. deck that just absolutely wrecked tournament attendance. So yeah. it's not as super powerful. It's gotten less powerful over the years, but it is mm-hmm. still a card that if you wanted to just completely take the legs out from Affinity or Harden your hardened scales, you get rid of Arcbound Ravager. It's period in a sense.
0: Yep. 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 <laughs> Next, uh, another combo kind of because Lantern Control has mostly gone by the wayside.
1: Thank God. And, ins-
0: <laughs> and instead it has been more or less replaced By the deck known as Grixis Whirr, which is a toolbox artifact deck in the Grixis colors that plays War of Invention to help find all its pieces. But it's essentially a very similar deck where you try to get an ensnaring bridge, empty your your hand, and then kill your opponent in some way. Whereas in Lantern, uh, they're going to do it via milling. In uh, Whirr, they're going to do it by locking you out of the game, playing Chalice of the Void, stuff like that. So, uh, Ian... What do you want to ban out of this
1: deck? I strayed a little bit farther from just a card. I said ban eighth and ninth edition to get rid of Ensnaring <laughs> <laughs> Bridge, get rid of Blood Moon, get rid of Choke.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: To be fair, because that's yeah. like the one, that was like the one beef people were having is like, oh, let's get rid of Ensnaring Bridge when like Lantern was winning a GP. Because like it gets yeah. rid of Blood Moon, it gets rid of Choke. I'm like, honestly, that's, it's the most old school of the sets that exist because yeah. it was still using. Old design philosophy cards just brought into the modern card yeah. frame yeah um honestly you wouldn't really hit too much other splash damage outside of those particular cards in terms of things that are actually i mean but what am i going to do if i can't boil people's islands i mean yeah, i guess that makes i don't know whatever dude <laughs> whatever anyway in any case uh i would ban a snaring bridge yeah that's fair like honestly it it's, was
0: it's it's the card that keeps the deck alive
1: yeah but next up we talked about tribal we're back to tribal back to back here first up it's merfolk
0: uh i mean i just put this on here because it was a deck that i that i knew about in modern um for fish i would just ban lord of atlantis
1: there sadly isn't much else you can ban out of the deck again it's not not like there's one ban worthy card unless you want to pick what you pick which is funny because i literally sat looking at this when we were when we were prepping it and i'm like i think i actually spent the most amount of time just like the, no, but the, no, but the, uh, it's. I just picked Aether Vial, just because it can let you get, it lets you cheat out. You're literally, you're probably going to set it to two and be able to get anything you want out on the battlefield. Yep. Like you have four Lord of Atlantis, you have the same effect in four Master of Pearl Trident. So that was like, eh, you're just getting four more. You have four Phantasmal Image, which makes four more copies of either one of those cards. So you're going to get plus one, plus one Island Walk to all your other you know Merfolk. and you can you can go Master the Pearl Trident, Aether Vial out another Master, bam, have fun. Yeah. And it just I just get rid of Aether Vial to remove some of the like explosiveness. Like honestly, just yeah. isn't played anymore. But no. speaking of a deck that people are kind of actually getting down on nowadays, people are down on humans, humans now.
0: Yeah, uh, and we both had the same thought processes, but we came up to different cards for it. Um, because if you look at the creature, at the spells in the humans deck, there's nothing that's really ban-worthy. No. Like, I'm not banning Champion of the Parish, I'm not banning Meddling Mage, I'm not banning Thalia's Lieutenant, I'm not banning, you know, Kitesil Freebooter. I
1: mean, honestly, I would, you could say Noble Hierarch, but that doesn't help cast Manus Rider. It just helps boost I it. mean,
0: it does, because it makes blue, but regardless. Well, I mean,
1: like, uh, the red in Manus Rider, but yeah, this one we actually went for the land base, because unlike spirits where those creatures synergize with each other, these just kind of like synergize in a game plan
0: yeah and like i'm i'm gonna ban unclaimed territory because it's the least impactful of the two and and i
1: kind of looked at it and i was like well again it's only one or two played of and some things but i say cavernous souls just because that gives unlike spirits where they're kind of just like doing their thing and have a couple counters and stuff like that there really is no counter like because then you can Get rid of some of the spirits that can counter stuff and everything like that. You don't have that in humans deck. They're only playing collected company. You get rid of Cavern yeah. Souls, and they're just sitting naked out there with their creatures hoping that they've picked your hand apart with the uh, kite sail freebooter meddling mage kind of trick or something of that sort. So
0: Yep. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Next one. Mardu Pyromancer.
0: Mardu Pyromancer. Or as this was it's another. Or as Jerry T, T said it one. probably
1: should have been called Mar- Mardu Reveler. Because yeah, we both said Bedlam Reveler.
0: We both put Bedlam Reveler because, I mean, this this deck wouldn't exist without Bedlam Reveler. Um, it turns out that the, the busted two, the busted red 2-drop we were looking for all along is an 8-drop um, in Bedlam Reveler because that card, man, that card does so many things. Especially, like, so many things. The
1: the thing that it does is you're going to be getting your hand. By the time you're actually casting your Bedlam Reveler, yeah, it's probably going to be turn 4 or turn 5, but by that point you probably cast a good portion of your hand. With your Faithless Lootings, your Lightning Bolt, your Thought Seizes, maybe collect brutality discarding a card. You probably have some Plus you
0: get to discard your lingering soul. Probably have some PZ
1: tokens out there, and you're just like, okay, cool. I have like one card in my hand, I happen to draw a land, like Bedlam Reveler it out, discard that, draw three new cards, and then next turn start casting prowess thing. Ripping whatever you have left. It's not the worst card to ban, but of the deck. You take that away, and you take away its top end.
0: Yeah, uh, the other card that I would ban from Mardu Pyromancer is Faithless Looting, and that's also a card that has had a lot of people's attention. Yeah, that, um, that I because it's, I would
1: agree with John in that one specifically. in which are I guess continue.
0: Yeah, but basically because like Faithless Looting is is basically it's a blue card that just they made it red instead. And if you ban it, I think you you not only hurt Pyromancer, but you also hurt Hollow One, you also hurt a bunch of other Storm. decks. Um, uh, Storm does play Faithless Looting. It doesn't anymore. Nope. Okay. Does not. Yeah. Well, um, no. It it, it definitely.
1: Yeah. It definitely will hinder graveyard decks that lean upon it, like the new. Is it Phoenix? We'll talk about in a deck. Actually, let's talk about. Let's jump to that one real quick. Let's just yeah. lead into that one. Is it Phoenix? Because sure, sure. I I mentioned Faithless Looting is Is it Phoenix's card to get rid of? Yeah. Mainly just because I looked at it, I'm like, well, we have Bedlam Reveler here too. Yeah. You have Thing in the Ice. Yeah. Okay. You said manamorphose i mean why yeah that hurt me why manamorphose? that hurt
0: me a lot um so basically the reason why i would ban manamorphose is i was watching um i wasn't even watching a video about is it phoenix i was watching a different sephron olive deck uh for a different modern brew but i think it was phoenix's and it's like it, were, you know, it was something else it was another blue red combo no it was uh a red green combo deck oh it was the the belcher deck and he was playing four copies of street wraith and four copies of metamorphose because they're just quote free spells, and I think that if you ban Metamorphose, you kill the Is it Phoenix deck because you don't you no longer have the ability to go metamorphose, make two mana draw a card, Manamorphos make two mana draw a card. Oh, oops, here's another spell, and here's my Phoenix is back and kill you. Um, so I think that y- if you ban metamorphose you make it impossible for them to instant flip their f- instant flip their thing in the ices. Or bring back your Phoenixes with any regularity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Like, basically, it's kind of the Gitaxium Probe thing where it's like, hey, look, I'm playing four less cards in my deck where you're literally just like, you're, you're getting to fix your mana how you want it. And, yeah. yeah, I get that. I just say Faithless Winding because, again, with the Phoenix deck, you're looking to dump Phoenixes into your yard, or you can use it to supercharge your Bedlam Reveler getting out there. Plus, it's a way yeah. to help knock down Thing in the Ices for cheap. Yeah. So yeah, I just said that. It's yeah. Um, <clears throat> getting into some of the lesser played decks these days, but still pretty good. Grishol Brand.
0: Yeah, Grishol Brand. I mean I played it in round one of the GP Atlanta. Um
1: oh my god, we have so many decks. The deck left.
0: Is, or the card I'd banned. <laughs> the card i band is Goryo's Vengeance. It's the card that makes the it's the deck it's the card that makes the deck hum, and I'll just get rid of it.
1: I kind of went with the same reason you did in terms of the card that makes the deck hum. See Sticking with kind of the whole get a card that's in the name of the deck, Nourishing Shoal, which honestly I feel supercharges the Grizzlebrand Brand deck to let it have that alternate win con kind of feel to it where, yeah, you can Goryeo's Vengeance out the Grizzle Brand and then you draw a bunch of cards, you hit Nourishing yeah. Shoal, World Spine Worm, ditch that, gain 11 life, then start churning through your deck some more. Get another glorious vengeance somewhere down the line, yep. And then you just chunk out another, you chunk chunk out Borborygmos Enraged, not just Borborygmos, Borborygmos Enraged. Yeah, <laughs> for you p- pithing needle fans. And then just start pitching all your lands to it. The only way you're going to mm-hmm. draw all of those lands and all of those cards to get that Borborygmos out as an alternate win con without killing yourself first is the Nourishing Shull World Spine Worm life gain, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. combo. So getting rid of Shoal removes that weird, awkward life gain component that lets you just dr- draw your deck with Grizzlebrand. That's why yeah. I went for Shoal. Shoals are very powerful cards. There's a reason why.
0: I mean, we, there's already one on the ban list.
1: Burning Shoal is gone because, in fact, yeah, heck of a mechanic. Next yeah. one.
0: Uh, next one. Uh, counters Company. This kind of also goes into the like the various. Non-spirits banned Collected Company decks or green, white, or whatever. This is Um, is the
1: further down the road evolution from where Pod went after Pod got banned. mm -hmm. We've arrived at here.
0: Yeah, and so um, the card that would ban is Devoted Druid. Ban the card that makes infinite mana.
1: And I said the card that helps you make the infinite mana, which is zero remedies, but there's I don't think, does Malaria work like that? Because it said you can't get Uh, because Malaria 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 said you can't get minus one, minus one counters, which means it turns off Devoted Druid
0: uh yeah malira says you can't you can't activate it because you can't put counter right so yeah.
1: basically we just picked either side of the combo yeah um i just picked the one that actually enables the whole counter shenanigans in the first place
0: yeah uh living end a deck that not seen a ton of play right now i would just ban living again end.
1: going with the the name of the card because they have to literally warp how they play which is hey look i'm pitching all these cards to cycling and then let me find one of the demonic dread or violent Outburst, cascade cards, that lets me cascade in the living end and get all of these just quote unquote big boys. big big dumb creatures back on the battlefield. The only thing they have is keyword cycling. That's really it. Yep. You're dealing with a bunch of like yep. four fours and six fours and five fours and stuff like that. Yep. <clears throat> really you're not 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 doing anything crazy. Just get rid of the living end. Gets through of the living end. Yep. <laughs> Period.
0: Uh, Bridgevine, the Turbo Vengevine deck with that plays Bridge from Below. Uh, I would ban the card that made it possible, which is Stitcher Supplier.
1: I fair, like honestly, that's like my one B again with this one. I just said go for the one of the cards in the name of the deck, Vengevine. Like if yeah. you want to nuke the deck, it, you're, you're still going to have that weird kind of like you can power out Blood ghasts, maybe Greater Gargadons, but. Ooh. Blood gas and Greater Gargadon. Oh no! Yeah. Even then, you're still not like looking to do a whole lot because Greater, Gar- Greater Gargadon, you know, synergizes pretty well with Vengevine because you can sack Vengevine, then get Vengevine back by just chunking an you know an XX Hangerback Walker to kill it itself. Yeah, and then you get Gar- Vengevine back and then you sack it again and then you get Gargadon. Yeah, just get rid of Vengevine. Yeah, honestly, uh, we're kind of powering through the rest of these because some of these are the more
0: more o- obvious ones. Yeah.
1: Some of these are kind yeah. of just towards the end of it, too. But, I mean, a lot, yeah, of these, a lot of these are ones you don't see a whole lot. Like, you don't see a lot of Eldrazi Tron that much.
0: Nope. and uh, Eldrazi Tron, just ban Eldrazi Temple.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, honestly. Rift the band-aid off. Yeah, just. And we get why they didn't ban both of them. Because they still wanted an Eldrazi strategy to do viable. Which existed and banned Eldrazi for a little while. But banned Eldrazi has yeah. literally completely fallen off of the map. And for good reason. Uh, you can thank Field of Ruin for that one. Well, oh, yeah, I'm saying thank. Goodness for that because that deck wasn't a bad deck to play against. It was just like the remnants of the once great Eldrazi Winter deck. You get rid of Eldrazi Temple, mm-hmm. everyone just shifts to regular Tron. Period. End yep. of sentence.
0: Four Boggles or Auras Hexproof, depending on who you want to talk
1: to about and it. Uh, the Boggy Boys. <laughs>
0: Wait, um, hey, the Boggy Boys. The Soggy bottom Boys?
1: Soon to quote unquote be drafted <laughs> in UMA. Literally, <laughs> you can you draft this deck in UMA, which is gross. Yeah,
0: uh, I would ban uh, this Slippery Boggle, reduce the number of Hexproof creatures they have, uh, make them a little bit more one-dimensional, same logic for, uh, like I had for Yeah,
1: that, that makes sense. Like, I, I just, it's kind of weird, like, I contradict my own logic with this. Like, I looked and I'm like, you already have Glade Cover Scout. Yeah, you might push yourself a little bit slower with less explosive starts, but I'm sure there's other cards that exist that you can jam into this deck that would work instead. Um, yeah. if you took one of those two out, I just said get rid of Daybreak Cornet, which is kind of the thing that helps put it over the top into the ridiculous territory, mm-hmm. mainly because of Lifelink. Yeah. If you're looking at,
0: I always forget what it gives. It, it gives gets, Lifelink. It, all right, first strike. Trample.
1: It's a white white enchantment aura that you can only enchant it to a creature with another aura on it. So you already have to put in right. some work to get it. So you can't turn to it. But enchanted creature gets plus three plus three first strike vigilance Lifelink.
0: First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink, right. I, th- I keep thinking it has Trample because they always have a rank.
1: Right, opponent. yeah, no, that's, that's the one they put. They they chunk a Rancor down and then put the Daybreak Coronet on it. So it gets plus six, yep, plus yep, six, yep. plus three with all that, which is just dumb. But yeah, giving the First Strike, Vigilance, and Lifelink, and the plus three, plus three, all for two mana. Granted, you're looking to play Auras anyway. Yes, it delays you until turn three, but at that point, you've probably already chucked on you know maybe a cartouche of solidarity maybe a hyena um- you chunked on one of the umbras so it has a little bit of protection and it's yeah. it's just ridiculous get rid of daybreak coronet it helps put that deck out of that's what helps it stay long you get a daybreak coronet like that deck is just relying on subpar hmm
0: next we have two decks that are both primeval titan decks and yet we're not banning titan out of either of these decks. titan
1: just enabled by is. the rest of the cards that we want to get rid of
0: yeah the first is Titan Shift, which is the basically the Red Green Scape deck that play that kills in the Valakut way. And I just said ban Valakut. I said
1: Scape Granted, I know I'm playing into my whole ban the card in the name of the deck thing, but yeah, Valakut was again like option one B. Like John and I seem to. One thing I learned is John and I have a very similar viewpoint when it comes to how modern is in terms of cards in a deck. Granted, is our evaluation flawed? Maybe, but we're both flawed together. Uh, exactly. No, but sca- Unlike for this one. No, deck. but Skate Shift, I so I didn't, if I wanted to go nuclear approach, yeah, get Valakit. I went with this one just to kneecap it. Um, You get rid of yeah. Skate Shift, yeah, it can still kill with primetime and Valakits, but you really have to lean hard into the ramp strategy at that point, which is like, okay. is it worth it?
0: I don't know. That's fair.
1: Like that that's that's uh, why I would go with the sca- scapeshift is because that gets rid of the oh look at me I just tightened out up oh, scapeshift. <laughs> yeah because with when a Titan lands and attacks if you have it hasted it gets you four lands which just ramps you up to that anyway
0: yeah uh next is amulet Titan and we both just want to get rid of Amulet. yeah
1: just finally put the the screw the nails and the final screws in the coffin of Am- summer bloom amulet or amber Summer, M-E-L-boom, yeah, the, Summer Summer Bloom, whatever you want to call it. it I forgot just how busted Summer Bloom was until somebody linked it like to me today for some reason. Like I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it was because we were talking about Splinter Twin. Like yeah. someone linked Summer. It was I made a comment to Emma like, "Pardon me," was like, "Yeah, Spl- Spl- Splinter Twin unbanned I mean, would be fun because the deck is great." I'm like, "Wait, no, it would just warp the format. Don't do it." That's how I check myself. And a, a Bloom player was like, "Yeah, no, I'm the same way with this card," and I'm like oh right that was a two mana for get to play three extra lands with the with the 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 bounce lands oh that's disgusting i forgot how bad that was yeah yeah like being able to turn to a prime time is you shouldn't be able to do that and then win with yeah prime times and win with it hard hard pass hard pass no thank you
0: Uh, next is Ponza, which is more of a fringe deck than anything. I would just ban Bloodbraid Elf. I don't really want to ban Stone.
1: <laughs> I'm not banning Stone Rain. I said Utopia Sprawl because that helps ramp. Because this yeah. deck, the nut draw for Ponza is turn one Utopia Sprawl, because that gives you turn two Stone Rain, which takes you off of your first land, and then the next turn they're going to Blood Moon you. So then you're just done at mm-hmm. that point. Like I want to stop them from that initial ramp that gets them Stone Rain on turn two.
0: mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Next is Elves. Uh, We both agree somewhat in banning Azuri Renegade Leader.
1: Hey, I hear Overrun on a Creature's Good and a deck that generates a lot of mana. (laughs) I also said, alternately, uh, Shaman of the Pack, if you're going up against that Black Splash for it, because that way it just nukes out the nuke. Because literally they could just be sitting with like, because they have a bunch of the ones that make a lot of the tokens, so you could be sitting with Shaman of the Pack with like six tokens and like four actual creatures and then it was like nuggie for 10, nuggie for 10 off of like a, yeah. a good collected company like wow, they didn't even swing with their I'm they dead. didn't swing with their creatures and I got hit for 20.
0: Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh next two decks are kind of joke decks. I put scred down. Uh, I just want to be ban- I just wanted to be able to say
1: ban snow covered mountain. I, I I know why you did that. I just said scred. <laughs> Again, ban the card <laughs> Yeah, a predictable Ban the card the deck's named after. Because literally the only reason why you're playing Scred is... Scred Red is for Scred. Yeah. Really, because you're leaning into the snow cover. Because it's a one mana doom Blade. You're leaning into the snow cover thing specifically for Scred. You get rid of Scred, it's like, yeah. why am I playing this deck? I don't know. Sure.
0: And then I didn't put this deck down. Ian put this deck down, but Teamer Midrange. But I don't even know what I would ban <laughs> Teamer Midrange.
1: I just said, lol, who plays Teamer? <laughs>
0: I would ban... Here, here. Ban Savage Knuckle Blade.
1: How it's dare down. you! How dare you, sir?
0: Anyways, that's enough time <laughs> we have for this week. Ian, if people wanted to find you on these social medias, where can they do so?
1: Oh, man, that was a fun fun exercise. Uh, Yeah, so you guys can find me on social media. You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. I was going to stream tonight, but I got to go study. Uh, I'm studying to become a pilot, hopefully someday yay i I gotta prioritize um streaming tomorrow night and maybe thursday morning before i go to pax unplugged and play a bunch of magic and board games and then john where can they find you on social media
0: you guys can find me on twitter at jwily129 that's jwiley 129 i'm also on twitch at the same handle so if you see me floating around a chat room don't hesitate to say hi If you want to raise the podcast directly, you can do so one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesonthemize at gmail.com. As always, we'd love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.